podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when we're part of the team. Everything is awesome when we're living our dream. Everything is better when we stick together. Side by side, you and I gonna win forever. Let's party forever. We're the same. I like you. You like me. Welcome to Legoland. Everything is awesome. It's the day trippers. The head-spinningly rapid turnover of important Liverpool-related events has scuppered our plans for a second week off, and so we're back live in the bunker. And yes, it's a giant cardboard box, just like in the Twitter photo. Tonight, unsurprisingly, we talk transfers, the good, Lazar Markovic, the bad, Luis Suarez, and the downright ugly, Ryan Bertrand and Dejan Lovren. There'll be informed opinion from Marco Lopez on Lazar Markovic, and we talk to Jay Riley on all the other potential ins and outs. We'll also discuss the defence in depth before rounding up with our own take on what went on in those World Cup quarterfinals. First up um, for our topics tonight is Lazar Markovic, a young man who's going to have some considerable weight of expectation on his shoulders when he arrives to lean on various shit around Melwood. Now, Marco Lopez, a.k.a. at Footy Mark Hall on Twitter, he joined us on the line to discuss this kid, whom he's watched develop all season long at Benfica. So, several questions for you, Marco. I suppose we'll start off with the obvious thing, which is, from watching him for a season now, and most of us are slightly schooled via YouTube, which is hardly reflective, but what are the strengths and weaknesses of this kid? Okay, so I think the, the, the most exciting thing and, the, and the, the feature that gets me most excited about him as a player is the fact that this is the kind of guy, when he gets the ball, he, he picks it up at pace, he's got a lot of quickness, and he is not scared to run at people with the ball. Um, a lot of the, the goals that I saw him set up or, 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 or score for, for Benfica came from running at people and just scaring the crap out of them because he's just got an incredible ability with... Uh, close control at pace uh, um, at his feet. Um, he's he's inventive. He's he's unpredictable. And one of the one of the fantastic things is that uh, when he sort of really really hit his stride and then played really well in some matches for Benfica, he was able to unlock some stubborn defenses. Which, if if you think about it, Benfica being the kind of team that they are in the Portuguese league, the most teams try and park the bus against them. So. He's used to having to, to to deal with that and and then playing against teams that, that defend that defend deep. Um, I think I think that that in itself is one feature. 
another feature is, is, is just some of the audacious skills. Uh, my favorite goal of his is the one against Guimarães. Uh, you'll, you'll have a look on YouTube. It's, it's the one that he, that there's a chip. He makes a run into the box and there's a chip uh, that he picks up. And then he goes and just dinks it slightly over the keeper and knees it into the goal. It's, yeah. it's just Marco, it's insane. I, I, I've, I've watched that now, I think, 103 times uh, since uh, we found out they were definitely linked with this guy. Um, the, 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 just the touch and the control, just it's quite remarkable. And it looks like something, uh, they listen to one-off. The guy just looked to be completely in control of what he was doing. It was almost like that long-range pass from Enrique to Suarez in terms of the audacity of the skill. Um Yes. Is, is is that typical of the kind of tricks that he has in, in his locker? Have you seen a lot of that stuff? I know you rate him highly. Uh, I, the, 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 the thing he's, if there's one thing I can sort of link, link to, you know, me, us watching and having the pleasure of watching Suarez down the years, it's that he's the kind of guy that, that you just want to watch all the time because you want to see what he's going to try next. Um, he's a bit audacious in the sense that he tries things that that also don't work, and that's fine because you 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 kind of accept that with players that are that good. Um, I don't I don't think I've seen we, we've well I certainly have seen, haven't seen the full measure of every all, all the crazy things he can do. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot a lot of the best moments are things like that little little chips, little dinks. Um, he's very good at a through ball as well. Uh, my Easily the most significant goal he was involved in is the opening goal against Porto, which, of course, anyone who follows Portuguese football, no Benfica, love Porto for obvious reasons. Um, he sets up the opening goal with with a very, very, very carefully threaded through ball. And and, and he's, he's, he's great in and around the box. He's great in tight areas. Marco, um, just, so just, just on that, yeah. he seems to be also, again, just from the limited bit I've seen, he seems to be a very pacey individual. Um, if you take the skill factor that you've mentioned uh, and that pace is he definitely first team ready for Liverpool in the Premier League uh, I think I think he is worth uh, worth a try and I think unfortunately um, he's we're going to pretty much see him forced into a first team spot because of the fact that uh, it, it's coming at the expense of a certain individual who sadly is, is going to most likely be leaving us Um I do think he's first team ready, but I think um, we've we've all got to be realistically patient with the guy because even though he's a very special talent, um, I don't. I think he's got to get used to the pace of the Premier League. I think he's got to get used to the quality of defenders he's going to bump into um, because he's he's going to have to adapt very very quickly. I don't think he can't adapt. I certainly think he can, but I think. And this is one of the things that worries me about the price. It's a little bit like the Alana conversation. When you pay $25 million for a player, you're expecting him to walk in and do amazing things straight away. Yeah. We've got to remember that this guy this guy costs, this guy actually costs two, two bar more than uh, Luis Suarez. So it's, it's, it's a bit of an unfair situation because, you know, the, the reality is, is that uh, Portuguese clubs are famous, well, uh, two of them at least, are famous for 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 making for doing good business like this. So, um, I think as long as Liverpool fans are, are patient with him, they're gonna they're gonna see somebody can adapt. I do think there's a couple of teams he'll frighten the crap out of. I can't wait to see him against Norwich. Um, oh, mind you, they they really get it. They really get it, weren't they? <laughs> Come here to me. I have a question for you, right? Um, 
yeah. everyone is raving about him about how good he potentially is and, and, and everything that's going on right and that he could you know come in and he could be world class and there's, there's a hint of hazard about him as well in terms of his style and you know he's, he's fast he's aggressive he likes to dribble he takes on players he can score great goals right given that Bertrand yeah. could be behind him how good is he defensively <laughs> Oh, Christ, you can't start that yet. We're, no. We've got a whole section on Bertrand. Oh, Relax. I know, but seriously, what's his weaknesses? Like, what are the main weaknesses with the, with the chap at the moment? Like, he is, he is, he is what's he, 20? There is no weaknesses. <laughs> okay. okay, so, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting thought because I don't think about Ryan Bertrand behind him, actually. Look, actually... <laughs> He, he 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 may not be that bad. I'll tell you why. Maxi Perez. So bear in mind that he, when he played for Benfica, he played on the right hand side, not the left, because he only came into the team, to be honest, because of a, a forced injury. Um, Benfica's first choice right wing, Eduardo Salvio, uh, did his ACL, so mm. he was out for a while, and that's what what forced Markovic into the team. Now behind Markovic is a right back, Maxi Pereira, who. Let's just say he's the kind of attacking full fullback that gets offside more than he scores goals. Um, so I think if uh, if we're going to talk about concerns about Bertrand, you know, m- maybe maybe Markovic might be used to this uh, on that level. I don't <laughs> think his def- <laughs> I don't think his defending is bad. He's used to he's used to playing in a high press because of, of of the way Benfica attack anyway, and he's also used to sitting in in a deep defensive line because Benfica uh, played around with both systems um, uh, at various points last season. Mm. Um, is he is he as intense? or as, as physically reliable defensively as, say, Raheem Sterling? Definitely not. That is something that Rodgers is going to have to work on. And uh, does, he, does, he, does he have moments of loss of concentration? Yes, he does. Because I think, you know, this is, this is the kind of guy he, he – I think of Raheem maybe a year and a half ago. He, he's raw. He needs coaching. He needs mm-hmm. discipline. He mm-hmm. needs to be set, set along a path. We're all going to have to be patient with him. Um, because the talent is there, but he's going to make mistakes. Uh, yeah, just a quick question for you there as well. Obviously, when these names come up um, on Twitter and whatever, you know, 90% of fans either haven't heard of the player or at least haven't noticed them before, you know. So, like, as a Benfica fan yourself, would you, um, been watching them last year and thinking, you know, you know, I'd like him to go to Liverpool, you know, as a Liverpool fan as well, obviously. Would you yeah. have ever sort of said that to yourself watching? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, he's he's look. I mean, I'm I'm obviously quite conflicted about it. Uh, it's it's the yeah. first time this has ever happened. But it's better um, than Chelsea, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, I was I was. That's exactly what I was about to say. I, I damn well am really glad that he's not going to go and collect dust uh, under under that schmuck Mourinho, um, to, just to waste away as another another good talent. Um, I do. I, I didn't think Liverpool would, would ever look at someone like him, to be honest, because typically, uh, you know, he's he'd be considered quite expensive, even by the moneyball method, if you want yeah. to talk about it. Mm. Um, so I, I, I certainly think he's he's he, he's not someone that I'm that I certainly won't be a, a, a upset to 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 leave Benfica when I see that he's going to be coached under someone who, in my opinion, is better than the Benfica coach at any rate. Mm. And is is someone who's going to be able to develop his talent significantly. I think he'll learn a lot from Brendan. I think um, he'll he'll be a fantastic purchase for Liverpool. Yeah, and do you think the Benfica fans as a whole would they would it be a big reaction to him leaving now? Uh, I can tell you what the current reaction is. It's 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 somewhere between denial and anger. Um, mm. 
because uh, the, the team is being raided like mad. Ezekiel Garay has already left. Um, you've got the, uh, very likely that um, the, the second best center forward, Rodrigo Moreno, and uh, one of their young talents, um, Andre Gomes, is about to leave as well. Um, I've just heard now earlier that uh, Atletico Madrid are very serious on on a young goalkeeper, Jan Oblak, who had a fantastic season. He had Am I right? He he had three sheets in twenty eight games. Yeah, yeah. Um, would Would you want Reina? Can we draw into the deal? Guys, actually, actually, I'm not. I, I, this is going to sound horrendous, but considering the the other option in, at, at keeper, yeah, I would. Um, so that doesn't say much, does it? <laughs> <laughs> That's very harsh. Come here, one, one last, one last shout on it. Um, but, uh, am I right in thinking was Markovic one of the fellows who was sent off for the brawl in the semi-final of the Europa League? Yeah, it was a bizarre thing because Vucinic even came came out after the, the match and actually said uh, Markovic had nothing to do with it and please don't suspend him and and so forth. And I'll tell you what, we missed we missed him big time in the final because mm. uh, Benfica lacked so much creativity in the, in that game. I, I I maintain Benfica just they 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 didn't they didn't lose that final. They 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 failed to win it. They they failed to to unlock Sevilla. Um, and and that's Markovic would have been so so useful in, in in that game, but but he wasn't he didn't actually get involved in the scuffle, but he was sent off unfortunately. Marco, is that does that is that in... did he bite someone? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, on a slightly more serious note, is that indicative of his personality type? Is is he is he hot headed? He he strikes me as someone who could be, but I see it more. Look, guys, I mean, I I I, I know a lot of opinions fly on social media about you know the hot headedness of a certain other individual, but I I see that as a good thing. I don't want I don't want some soft cock prick to to play for our club. <laughs> I want someone. Hold on. You know, come on, we we got to have someone who's who, who's who's going to sit and get riled up because um, they're, they're losing one 0 I want someone who 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 gets sick and tired of. Of defenders getting under his skin and wants to prove a point to them. That's that's the kind of you know it it, it echoes a little bit of what Dave said last week. Um, so so I I, I wouldn't he's, he's not uh, as hot headed as Suarez. No, definitely not. But I think there is a bit of a a fire in him, and I think that's a good thing. Well, look, let, let me put you on the spot before we let you go down and tell me where you see him fitting in in terms of a potential uh, forward line for Liverpool. Where, where where do you see him? What kind of what kind of shape would he be in, and where would he be best? Just for for listeners getting assuming, an idea. yeah, I mean, uh, assuming we don't sign anyone more currently better or better fit, and I mean by by example, and and I know he's probably not coming, but uh, someone like Alexis Sanchez. So assuming we don't get someone like that, um, I would say that that he he'd be on the left of a four three three, with with Sturridge at the centre and 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 uh, Sterling on the right. Or alternatively, in the diamond, I think he'd probably play support striker with storage up top. So I think I think he 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 fits in pretty immediately. Um, the only question is, I, you know, it, it it depends. And I think I have a feeling Rogers would would cycle in between Sterling and and possibly Lallana in 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 that ten position as well. Mm. Um, but uh, but I th- that's the nice thing about him. He's versatile. He he can play the false nine. He can play on the left. He can play on the right. The only thing I don't like the idea of is maybe sticking out top top as the as the focal point. I think that should be storage and that should remain a storage. Excellent. That's all very encouraging stuff. Thanks a lot, Marco. Great stuff. Really appreciate it.
Okay, so with Markovic then spoken about, um, I'm joined in the bunker here by Andy Young, by Dave Thomas, Phil Casey, and on the line by Jay Riley. And we're going to chat about some of the other names that we've been linked with and some of the movements that seem to have been firmed up of late. Um, Jay is one of the best guys to, to chat to on this particular topic. So we're going to start off with Divok Origi um, and the deal that's reputedly in place which is going to see him getting loaned back is this a wise strategy do we think and what do we think of his World Cup displays um, Jay your thoughts well to be honest with you it's um, you know when you've seen his performances he looks like he's he's got ability obviously he's um, a bit of a raw talent and you know like a rough diamond really and maybe I think we're going to get him because it's just a case of he could be a very good player in the future and I think the idea of loaning him back to Lille is because he needs you know, to develop, really. And obviously, last season, I looked at his stats, and I think he played 30 times for them, but the majority of them were from the bench, really, and didn't score too many goals. But he looked quite lively at the World Cup, and obviously, to play, he started important games, didn't he? You know, against Argentina, you know, the quarterfinals of a World Cup, and it's all great experience for the lad. And what surprised me was I heard a rumour that last summer, a lot of the, the top clubs were were offered him basically for a million pounds and no one seemed to take it up and he ended up at Lille and he had a decent season there and on the, at the back of his performances there he, he got a call up to the Belgian squad and obviously he's, the proof's in the pudding he's done quite well on the big stage and I do find it a bit odd that we're going to pay roughly eight to ten million pounds for him and then obviously loan him back but yeah, yeah. You know, ultimately, that's gonna it's, it's it's his development at the end of the day, isn't it? So, I mean, this is the way the club are looking at things. It's a big shout, though, isn't it, Jay? This idea of of, of that outlay um, in the summer when we clearly need to uh, strengthen, and then uh, you know, as you say, to, to loan him back. And uh, the point you make as well about like, I think it's five times he's played for Belgium, and what was that? Were, were all of them or all bar one in the World Cup? And yeah. twelve starts, I think uh, he made last year, uh, six goals from it. But as you say, thirty appearances overall. So. Clearly, it, from that point of view, it makes sense. Would you have any nerves about the the strategy of of this 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 loan uh, loan back? Well, at the end of the day, Liverpool are not really a, a club who have got like tons of money the way you know obviously Chelsea and Manchester City have. But what the way Liverpool are going about things is we're, we're trying to buy young talent and nurture them, and ultimately with this Belgian kid, I don't really think he'd probably play much for us, if truth be known. Um, the only problem I would have is, obviously, with, with Suarez going, and Sturridge is fantastic, but the problem with him is he, he does appear to be injury-prone, and he, he may well miss around 10 games next season. Mm. And you've got to ask the question, will Lambert be able to step up in his absence when, when Sturridge inevitably will get injured, because that's what just happens to him. Um, I, I've got confidence in Lambert's ability, but, you know, obviously with Oregon, there's a lot of... Um, he's got a lot of progress to do, so obviously we, we must think that it's better for him to to lay in his trade a little bit more at Lille. He gets settled there. He's had one season already, have another season. He is only 19 years old, so he's got a lot to learn still. And as I said before, he, he, he seems like a bit of a a rough diamond, really, raw potential. Um, he could be very good. And to keep Romelu Lukaku out the team for a couple of games, you know, it says a lot, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. Lukaku's been a little bit hit and miss, I think, in England. He had a decent season at West Brom and obviously at Everton last season. He goes missing in a lot of games, though, as well. But, I mean, obviously, we've seen how good he is, but obviously, 
Horagi seems to have potentially more of a brighter future than Lukaku, arguably. So I, I don't. It, it is a strange signing because, as I say, we're not flush for cash, and we do need to get someone proven into the place where is and. Let's be honest, if he's going back out on Lille, there's no way he's going to be replacing Suarez. That's very true. Dave, are you excited about the arrival of Divock? Well, I agree with a lot of what Jay said, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a punt, right? I mean, mm. it's, you know, I think the the fee that they're talking about is what we're going to pay if a lot of things turn yeah. out, you know? So I think it probably starts quite low. And, you know, if he fulfills, you know, some of the potential which the scouts seem to think he has, then we'll end up paying more. I think it's a pretty sound strategy. I mean, I I think there's a there's an argument about the loan system which which happens quite a lot, but the reality is is that the bigger clubs use it really well, particularly Chelsea. I mean, if you look at the talent that Chelsea have on their books, you know yep. they have a hundred million pounds yep. worth of talent, you know, out on loan. And do you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. And and I see no problem with you know taking someone like this, loaning him back to his parent club, letting them develop him for another year. And you know what? Maybe a year from now he's he's ready to come into the setup and and start contributing. I think um, looking at the strategy, and we talked about it last week. Like you, you can't criticize, you can't not criticize the Lalana deal and criticize this. You, you can't, you can't either criticize one and not criticize the other because both deals have a level of risk attaching to to them. You know, we're paying an awful lot of money for Lalana for a twenty six year old who we're expecting to come in and do hit the ground running. We're paying a fairly hefty fee for a kid who's only making a breakthrough at the moment, who we may or who may or may not develop into a, a top class striker. Um, so if we're going with potentially risk signings, which we seem to be coming back to the Markovic signing that we talked about as well, that's again, we're buying potential world-class player there, but it's potential world-class. It's another rough diamond that we're buying in the hope that within a season that, that we can mould him into a top-class player already and then see him grow even further than that. Um, looking at the Origi signing, again, loaning them back, the, 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 the risk sort of mitigation on, on that type of signings, if we loan them back, and, you know, he comes over them for a season and he doesn't do it. A bit like Barini, and they're talking about potential fees of 8 to 10 million for Barini if we do let him go. You're probably going to get your 8 million back on Origi. Um, so in that way, it is mitigating the risk that's attaching to the sign and maybe a bit more than, say, paying 25 million for Lallana because I'm not sure we'd get 25 million back in him. As a man who's then introduced the topic of risk, why don't you um, speak to me about Ryan Bertrand? No. Go on then. No. Go on then. No, I... The Bertrand thing just frustrates the hell out of me because he's not better than what we have already, and that that and and for all the all the talk and all and everything that's going on, like regardless, I I think he's a rubbish player as as it is, right? But putting that aside, when you look at Enrique and Flanagan that we have on the, on the left side of the defence, is Bertrand any better than those two? And in my opinion, no. And that's not slating him as a player. So I don't see the point in spending money on a player who's not better than players that we already have at the club. Hmm. Um, isn't it isn't it made worse though in um, direct opposition to the long 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 rumours about Moreno and then you can't help but make the comparison in your head do I, you know I, I, exactly and also we've been trying to get a decent left back for the best 72 part years yeah. 164 yeah. years at this stage I, you're, I think they're right actually years, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know you, you when you see his link with Moreno who is a, a left back in a, at a certain level of class again we're talking about a young player who's potentially a world-class left-back and who's already proven that he can play on the top level. Mm. And then you're looking at Bertrand, who's nearly 26 at this stage and has never been more than a bench warmer at Chelsea and a player they're still sending out on loan. At the, you're saying to yourself, this just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like it's a Sturridge who's gone out on loan and shown undoubted class when he was out on loan. And even when he played under AVB, he was shown the glimpses of what he's gone on to do with ourselves. Mm. Bertrand has never shown it. And the only time he's shown it is when he's sat in a defence, a bit like a Mourinho defence as it is, 
and didn't have to attack and basically was just part of a block of about 10 players who'd, who'd be put behind the ball. At Villa? No, no, I'm talking about at, at, oh, Chelsea. at Chelsea. In yeah. the season when Rafa played him on the, on, on, in, in the defence or in the Ooh. Champions League final when Di Matteo had it and they were basically just sitting behind the, the ball. And that's not the style of play that we're going to play next season. Oh, well, oh, well I'd be amazed if we suddenly do a 180 on the way we play and decide that we're not going to attack anymore because Suarez has left us. Uh, Andy, how are you feeling about Bertrand, especially in opposition to the uh, missing out on, on, on the other man? Uh, look, I mean, there's a bit an outrageous overreaction to uh, links with Bears, and it's he doesn't carry that dream that uh, you know this player comes in and he's going to become a fantastic left full for us. Like the fans know that's not going to happen, so they're straight away it's a non, it's a non-starter with the fans. But whatever, it's got it so much legs, and people are so against it. Like they're you know they're treating it like a, another Kincheski almost. Um, I don't ever really remember him. Uh, looking at him and saying, "Oh my fucking god, he's terrible," yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. It's just when you when you're linked with Moreno and it's twenty million and it's, oh, this fella must be brilliant. Like uh, you know, when you look at clips and you fucking you can think back and you've seen him a couple of times, you're really excited, Spanish and everything, and then Bertrand. It it just it's it's just the time, and I suppose mm. you're linked with Moreno and then Bertrand. Mm. So there's a huge overreaction. If he did come in, I'm sure he'd do okay. Mm. But it's just you know. When when you look at it, you you think there's a few bob there now with Suarez going. You want to bring in a, a really good left full that's going to excite us, you know. It's mass- massively unexciting. Is yeah, basically what you're yeah. Saying. I mean, it's just it's just so bland. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you agree with that, Jay? Is that is that is that that you're taking as well, or do you have a yeah, different? Of course, you know. Obviously, Liverpool have been looking to get a left back for a long time now, and it, it appears that Moreno was obviously really strongly linked and. We just couldn't seem to agree on, on a payment structure, really, with Seville. Now, I haven't heard nothing for a couple of weeks on it, so I don't know whether it's totally dead in the water, but we've been after Bertram for a while. We wanted him in January, to be honest with you, because, I mean, last season, Rodgers didn't fancy Sissoko at all, and he, he thinks Enrique is absolutely brain-dead, and he, he's not very... He, he's got, like, a little bit of a reputation, Enrique, if he's... He likes the lifestyle here and Rogers doesn't like that sort of attitude. So, you know, it's a case of he thinks he's a bit of a waste of time. So we have been after a left back for a long time. But the thing with Bertrand is Rogers has actually worked with him before and Rogers does tend to like doing this, you know, with players that he's he sort of like knows a little bit about. He's done it with Joe Allen, he's done it with Marini when he first came and obviously they weren't the greatest of successful signings, really. Joe Allen's done okay, but has he really justified his price tag? Probably not. Um, the same with Perini. He done okay last season at Sunderland, but it wasn't in a red shirt with Liverpool. So, you know, at the moment, he, he, that hasn't really been much of a success. And he, he tried to get Ashley Williams. He really wanted him, but it didn't happen in the end. Um, so, so, like I say, he does like players that he's worked with in the past. And the thing with Bertrand, I just think it's seen as low risk. He's probably going to cost around six to seven million pounds and I know that's not really a drop in the ocean but ultimately it's either pay that or pay near 20 for Moreno and I think they've probably just looked at it and thought we're best spending the money elsewhere maybe I really don't know um, what does surprise me about Bertrand is a lot of the local Liverpool journals they haven't really spoke about it in any of their articles now mm. I've been told it's done but um, like I say, it is a bit surprising they haven't brought it up. And I'm just thinking maybe it's because they're waiting for Liverpool to make a big sign and, and in the same week they'll throw the bare sand one in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there could be a lot to that. It's just, it's, it's, 
some of the things that I've been told about it were, you know, even down to the details of price and everything that it's done. Yet none of the journals are really, really like making sure, like, you know, back in what the news that I've heard anyway, that it's definitely happening. So it remains to be it remains to be seen what happens with that one. But like I say, I've been told it's done and you know, the way I see it, do I think he's good enough? I'm not too sure. Do I think he's better than what we've got? Again, I'm not sure, but anyone who, who first signs with Liverpool, we've just got to give them a chance. I mean, there's no point in jumping on the back and getting, you know, upset over it until he's, he's played the game for us. Just see what happens. Uh, Jay, what, what what about that idea? You have this idea of maybe uh, the interesting thing about sneaking in the back door on the back of a big signing. I actually like that. I, I think I think that might, might make a lot of sense. What if that big signing is <laughs> Dejan Lovren for 25 million? What, about, what if that happens? You, you know what? It's... It's weird we're uh, with the centre half as it you know, like the, the targets for that because it's it's clear that Lovren's the main one, he's the he's the number one target for centre back now. But again, a little bit like Bertrand, Rogers has always liked players that he's worked with before in the past and, and I know for a fact Rogers likes Culker, Stephen Culker from Cardiff. Yeah. Now mm. he's only twenty two, he was captain of Cardiff last season, which shows leadership qualities for me. But like I say, apparently he's got an £8 million buyout clause, which a few clubs have activated and QPR are meant to be really close to signing him. Mm. Um, but I do know Rodgers really likes him. Now, there is a few whispers that the player's fully aware that Liverpool are interested and it's a case of, like, you know, wait and see. But I personally can't see us going for him because Lovren seems to be the one we want. And I'm not into these rumours of £20 million that we've offered for him. I mean, I've been told we won't pay any more than we pay for Sacco. Whether we do it or we don't, I'm not too sure, but he's definitely the number one target as far as I'm aware. And I'm not too into all this stuff where he's gone on strike either. Mm. To me, people will look at it and say, well, it shows that he's really passionate about it. He wants to come to Liverpool. That's the big move, this, that and the other. But let's be perfectly honest, it's not a nice thing for a footballer to do. There's too much player power, isn't he, in football? And, I honestly think it's the wrong way to go about things and mm. it remains to be seen but I do think we will sign Lovren. Yeah, fair enough. Dave, Thomas, what's your feeling on, on Dejan Lovren and his, his machinations to my head is in Liverpool already kind of crack? My head is in Liverpool or anyone else? Where, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Dave, sorry. Man. I don't care. Uh, I want players that want to play for Liverpool. I want players that want to live uh, and play for Liverpool. Mm. You know, they want to win. And if they want to win at Liverpool, it was the same as, like I said, for Suarez, you know, uh, a little bit last week around, you know, I want players that are hungry and, you know, want to make the best of what they got and want to do well. And and if they think Liverpool is the right club for them to be able to do that, then I think that's a good thing. I think it's when they stop seeing Liverpool as a club where they can do that, that we've got problems. You know, with Lovren as a player, I, I like Lovren. You mm. know, I think there is a genuine lack of really obvious kind of top quality centre-backs that we could go and buy. You know, I think if you're looking across, okay, let's just look at the Premier League for a minute. You know, who who else is, you know, we had, we've had this conversation a couple of weeks, right? So I like Corker as well. I actually, you know, I think we'll sign two centre-backs personally because mm. I think, I think Aga's definitely gone and I'd be very surprised if Toure gets another year, mm. which means I think that we might sign two. And it wouldn't surprise me if we started the first game of the season with Lover and Corker, mm. you know, in the squad. And I think that that's probably pretty sound planning from uh, from Rogers. But I like Lover, and I think he had a very good six months. Uh, he had an injury, dropped off a little bit. I'm 
I'm glad that from Jay that the price isn't what we're hearing. You know, mm. I think that would make everyone a little bit more comfortable if he was around the 16, 17 million mark as opposed to the 20, 21, 22 million mark. I think for some reason that would make people a little bit well, more look, those bastions of knowledge, Sky Sports, are reporting today that we have officially lost 150 20 million. million. <laughs> yeah, 20 million is the official, according to them. Sky Sports. No. But, but, you know, what I'd say, I said the same thing about Lalana. If he is the manager's number one choice, mm. then we should pay what it takes to get it. Mm. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Andy, mm. any thoughts on the centre half issue, or would you be happy or not happy to see Lovren? Yeah, I'd be come? well happy with Lovren, yeah. And um, I'm not too bothered about what he's coming out and saying. Um, he, this is his opportunity now to, you know, it's an opportunity of a career for him. He's playing with Southampton, and all of a sudden he's an opportunity to join Liverpool. It's massive for him. So he's making all the noises. And we've been on the wrong end of that a few times. Only last summer, yeah. Mascherano went on strike, you know, and he was getting his bars move. He refused to play. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's happened to us, and uh, why not use it in our favour? It's it's a strength in our hand to get him, mm-hmm. you know, because if a player's kind of cause ruptions, it's easier. And now, you know, you had Suarez last year, you had Torres. So, like, these things happen, and um, this is the way players are. We have to accept that, you know, well, ad- addressing the idea of of of, of that, that you've just mentioned there, the, the fee and the idea of Suarez doing it last year and us getting our heads around that, we're starting to chew into that money that's coming in for Luis Suarez, no matter how big it is, very, very quickly. Um, at potentially north of 20 million, does Dejan Lovren represent value to you at that kind of level? Uh, well, certainly watching him, you know, last year, you wouldn't he wouldn't have struck you as a £20 million no. pound player. It's only when these figures start coming out, you you know, you, you kind of look and say, you know, is he, is he worth it? No, well, but it's Liverpool and teams now, you know, they're going to pay premium. That's the way it goes. Big, big club comes in, they're going to just make you pay. And, you know, they have it. So, you know, you just have to accept that a lot, you know. Yeah, um, Lovren's, it's it's interesting. Liverpool fans can't criticise or be um, aboard by the way he's going on at Southampton because that's what Suarez has done at every single club. And even to get his move to Liverpool, he was prepared to do it. Um, he was prepared to go and strike at Ajax at the time. And there was talk of him that he didn't want to play for them anymore. And, you know, we got the benefit out of it. He came and played for us. Now, he said the same thing this time last year when he, wanted to, he wasn't going to play for us again. But he did go on and do it. I see the Lovren move very similar. If if Southampton dig their heels in, there's very little that Lovren can do unless there is a mandatory buyout clause in his contract. They can just sit tight and say, "Well, look, fuck it, you go and strike." Mm. You know what I mean? Um, we're not going. You know, if if they really want to dig their heels in, they don't have to sell them, um, and and our they don't have to sell them to us, which is another big thing. Like you know, we've already taken two other players off them. You know, we're going back for a tour time now. The why, the, the wisdom of that, I'd, I'd question anyway. But just in general, they could be just saying, well, "Fuck off." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you're not. I, I don't want you. To, you're not having another one of our players, and be, be prepared to sell them to somebody else for a lesser price, where yeah. they still get the majority of a transfer fee, maybe fifteen, sixteen million. They mightn't get say seventeen, eighteen for, as they would have ourselves. Take a hit on a couple of million because they've already banked a shitload of money from Shaw and Alana as it is, right? They may just say, "Fuck off." Like, and when that comes down to it, then there's nothing we've got to do. So I'm hoping that we've got other targets as well. Because I know the, the two defensive names that we've been linked with constantly outside of the Moreno deal is Bertrand and Lovren. And you're not hearing any other names come true for, for where it is. Now, I know David said, I, I, I thought about, I've been thinking about that because it's a conversation that we're having, not just in the pub, but away, like when we're talking about the defence, who would we like to see come in? And I think there's a, 
Colker, yeah, I can get behind. Again, 22, young, has mm. really, has a high ceiling in terms of his potential. Was excellent for Rodgers when he played from at Swansea that time. And I, I could definitely get behind that move because you're looking at an experienced centre-back in Martin Skirtle who's probably going to have one of his dodgy seasons next season because he do, has one good, one, every bad, second one, one, good yeah. one bad, one good, one bad. And um, then you'd have Colker who will be able to step in and more than easily fulfill, be, like capable of playing the way that we want to play and is, is very good at doing it as he proved at Swansea. I like Fabian Scherr off, off Bal. And he, was, he, he, played, he was very good for the Swiss national team in the World Cup as well, but mm. he was very good for Bal who had a great season last year mm. in the Champions League and the whole lot. Um, Skirtle was very quick, if you remember, when he was out of the team to be making noises yeah. and talking, especially yeah. when he went back home to play international matches. But I'm not really sure if I mm. can if I can pull up with this. Mm. You know, almost speaking about himself in the third party, Martin Skirtle needs to play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I I never have really have an issue with that because that that's a player's desire to actually play for a club, right? I suppose what I'm saying is, does he not represent one of the guys who we could potentially cash in and on during the summer if we're going to be bringing lads in? But if we're if 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 we're losing. Agar, let's say, which seems to be the, the, the like he's sold. Jay, am I right? Is, he, is his house up for sale and one of his businesses are up for sale or something in Liverpool at the moment? Yeah, yeah, his house up for sale and um, he's got a couple of restaurants. I believe he's sold one and another one's up for sale as well. Mm. Um, and, and like I say, he, apparently the links, the main links are Napoli and potentially Barcelona, but I doubt Barcelona will go for him personally, but mm. like I say, they're the two names of clubs that are, are meant to be linked with him. But the problem is, I think Liverpool probably are looking for around £10 million for him. Mm. Whether or not we'll get that type of figure, I'm not too sure, because I definitely think we've, we've had Agger's better days. And mm. The problem with, with Daniel Agger is, he's always been injury-prone. Yeah. He's a top-class centre-half when he, when he plays. The problem is, he's not very reliable, you see. And if you remember back to the game last season when we played Swansea at Anfield, he just couldn't get near Boney all day. And in the end, I just, just said, come on, off your, off your pot. And it's very rare that you'll see a centre-half substituted unless they're injured. Yeah. And he just took him off because he was getting nothing out of, out of Boney. I know Skirt was poor that day too. But I, I just thought it was evident that, that Agger's a little bit weak for me. Mm. Apparently, outside of football, he's a very hard lad. But when it comes to the football pitch, I, I remember I went on today, you know, the Redmen TV a while back. And I made the term of saying that Rogers thinks that Ag is a fanny. And to be honest, I truly believe that that's exactly what <laughs> really do. And, and I think to, on that on that basis, I genuinely think if 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 an offer comes in, he's definitely going because he's definitely for sale. Put it that way. Uh, outside of of Colker uh, and and um, uh, Lovren, on that topic that the two lads have raised here, who who would you like to see possibly coming in, or who is even uh, in the, of the quality that we could possibly be looking at at centre half, Jay? Other than who that I mentioned, you mean? Yeah, other than Lovren and Colker, yeah. I mean, my ideal one, I'd love Hummels, the German lad. I think he's fantastic, but I just think maybe he'd be a little bit out of our price range, in all honesty, because they'd probably be looking at 25, 30 million for him. And, and I don't think Liverpool genuinely want to pay more than 20 million for one of them. So, like I say, I've been told it'll be a little bit less than that for Lovren. It may well end up being 20 with add ons or whatever, but I just think that Hummels is probably a little bit out of our price range, and maybe other top clubs would want him too. And this is the problem we're having. We're having the problem of, of signing these top-level players because what you've got to realise is Liverpool are an absolutely massive football club. You know, obviously, we've won five European Cups, for God's sake. But mm. the problem is we haven't been in the Champions League for about four or five years now. And it is a bit of a problem because these foreign players are looking at it thinking, was last season a one-season wonder? And they're a little bit unsure. And 
obviously it's we're finding this out with, with Alexis Sanchez as well, you know, with the Barcelona stuff. He's probably looking at Liverpool thinking to himself, Yeah, I know they are a big club, but you know, ultimately is it really where I want to go? Because was that a one season wonder last season and he ultimately he's at Barcelona. Barcelona there Madrid, for me the two biggest clubs in the world, they're the teams that everyone wants to play for, you know. So for, it's a little bit of a drop down, isn't it, wherever he goes from here. And he may prefer, I mean, I'm sorry, but moving on to Alexis Sanchez, like, but ultimately he either prefers to go to live in London, which God knows why, because it's a shithole, or he <laughs> of, you know, I, pref- I think really his main preference is to go to back to Italy and go to Juventus, but his compatriots are there, Andy Vidal and Isla. But the thing is, can Juventus afford him? You know, it's they supposedly got money, but it'd be unheard of for an Italian team to spend 30, 35 million on a player nowadays, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's very true. Um, Andy, on that topic, as soon as Jay's raised it there of of Sanchez, and <clears throat> it seems to be dead in the water, there was a thing going around there during the week about um, if we're going to lose Suarez, we need to get a player of similar standing. Now, my problem with that is th- th- there are none, bar two. So mm. this idea of Sanchez even being in that bracket I, never made sense to me. Is it someone that you're tr- really upset about missing out on? No, absolutely not. Um, Sanchez has never really impressed me with Barca. I mean, obviously Messi steals all the headlines there, so um, you know, you're not going to hear a terrible lot about him. But no, like, I mean, I, I've never looked at him and says, oh, I'd, I'd really, really love to have him at Liverpool. So like, I've perfectly happy with letting him work away you know especially if he doesn't want to play for Liverpool uh, but we just don't know uh, what's what I've found was that this whole Sanchez thing was holding up the Suarez deal now that uh, it looks like it's uh, it's dead I think Suarez is going to be announced this week um, but we just don't know Sanchez could happen we like who's to know I mean who's uh, Sanchez talking to who's he telling he doesn't want to play for Liverpool so we'll see what happens there, but um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't come to us, uh, it's for the right reasons, and and let and let it go. And um, we were only talking about uh, Reyes there; that would be a, a far better mm. option, mm. you know. Um, Jay was talking about bringing in the likes of Hummels. These big German lads, lads, you just know they won't let you down, mm. you know. Uh, I I don't think there's anything. The only thing stopping us from signing players like Hummels or or that you know is is the wages. Right now we have the money to spend on a fee, but when you spend that money, thirty million, thirty-five million, you're paying them players two hundred grand a week plus. That's what Chelsea pay. That's yeah. what you're going to pay. That's probably what United would pay if they brought them in. And you have to because of the tax situation. That's, yeah, that's the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't. I, I think Liverpool are well ready to pay big money for a player. Mm-hmm. You know that that's uh, by selling Suarez. You know you're going to need to keep the fans happy as well, and them Americans are no fools. Look, They're going to know that if they don't bring in Sanchez or whatever, th- there's someone coming in big. Yeah, you know I don't think there's any issue there. Yeah, but that name mightn't be mentioned yet. Yeah, you know? that's interesting. It, w- what about that concept, Phil? That w- there's someone lurking around the background that might just pop in. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> it's Ryan Bertrand. <laughs> we told him we sneak him in. Yeah, look, listen. The, w- w- you know, 
in the in this initial phase of moves. So Suarez goes maybe tomorrow or Wednesday, whatever day it's going to be announced. And Sanchez looks like he's gone to or going to go to Arsenal or Juventus. Now, if Sanchez goes to Arsenal, it sort of makes the Suarez move look worse because it looks yeah. like we're being weakened and Arsenal are being strengthened out of the same move that's going mm. on to, to fund it. Um, but look, we, you know, if we sign Markovic and, and what Marco was saying, the guy has a potentially you're looking at a world class player who has goals in his locker. If our, our if our defense is 10-15% stronger than it was last year you don't have to replace all 30 goals we had this debate last week mm. about you know if, if you're going to go the, if, if you're going to be as leaky as we were last season you have to replace all 30 goals if you're stronger defensively you don't have to replace it maybe 20, a, a 20 goal a season man will do the job that Suarez will do because you're conceding 10-15 goals less mm. the, the most important thing now with Suarez going is that there is going to be a mental impact initially to this season no matter who we buy unless we go out and sign Marco Rouse to come straight in and replace Luis Suarez in the in the team not the same style and the way he plays but the same you know impetus that he brings to the game to a team the way he leads from the front the way he's he, he can play wide he can play central he's got goals in his locker he creates goals he's just a, he's a crowd pleaser in, in what it is and he stands out a bit like Griezmann there's talk that Griezmann has a £25 million release clause but Paris Saint-Germain would go for him because they need to do the homegrown thing with the with the the sanctions that UEFA imposed on them. So, you know, we're going to see all these names bandied around. Markovic is going to be the first one in through the door. I, I thoroughly believe that we're going to sign another big name right. or, or relatively potential big name. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's that. Let me let me just start pause it there because it's not slightly pause it there. It's not a totally flawed concept like, like what I mentioned earlier on about replacing Suarez directly in, in that it can't really be done, right? So, what, why you don't share it out as goals. So, why don't we have a 1988 scenario? I know most of you boys were, were, were very young then, but 1988? Where you, you get rid of Ian Rush for 3.2 million and you sign Barnes, Beardsley. Mm. Aldridge and they're all in for almost the same amount of money yeah but what you're saying is what it, why, why don't we it's not a case of why don't we we have to we, we have, have to we this have is to, this yeah. is what Look, we have to let, do let's face it Suarez, a lot of Suarez goals came in demolitions of teams okay uh, you don't necessarily need as Phil says 30 odd goals mm. you just need a couple of players coming in that carry a goal threat as good as Sterling is as good as Coutinho is for us um they don't carry goal threats. Henderson doesn't. Allen doesn't. There's, we have a whole host of players that just don't carry goals. Yeah. So you bring in a couple of players to score 10 goals and our game winners. Yeah. You know, uh, Suarez has won plenty of games, but he's also just scored two and three, you know, in games and it's been ineffective. Hmm. So let's, let, let's just bring in a couple of players that are giving, giving other teams a few things to think about. Not just Suarez and doubling up with Suarez. So you know you want to you want a front line three players who can all score goals. Yeah. If 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 we score eighty goals next season, and concede twenty less, you know already we're 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 net net neutral um, in the position that we are. I might even be ten goals positive on times. I haven't even worked it out in my head. But to, just, to put it into context, you know, we're if we concede two goals less and two goals last season, we win the league. Mm. If two of our draws are wins, we win the league. Mm. So. You know, let's put that yeah. into the concept, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's big swings left, right, and center. You know, replacing Suarez is the hardest thing and the easiest. It's the thing I'm most worried about and the thing I'm least worried about. So I'm most worried about it because he's our best player. And as my eulogy to him last week would have testified, I think that he elevates the level of that team and he is a world-class player that instills something into that team, which is, you know, which I think we don't have enough of, which is, which is this winning mentality. The thing that I think we have to trust is that 
they've been planning for this for six months. Yeah. They know Suarez is going, mm-hmm. right? So they have known that for six months. So they they know the circumstances of it might be different. The money might be lower. Whatever it is, they know Suarez is going. So I imagine plan A was Alexis Sanchez, right? And then let's see what plan B is. Let's see, <laughs> let's see what it is. Because I think that... Well, if, if plan A was Moreno and Bertrand is plan B, <laughs> so Kevin Nolan. There's every chance it's going to be me or you then, David, getting signed next Which, week. Which, to be honest with you, uh, we yeah, do yeah. all right. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking handy. Listen, I'd bite more people and not fucking Suarez. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is that, you know, we, we, we have to, we, we're not going to be the same side. We're going to be a different side, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be a side that plays differently. And, you know, we, we were talking about it. If you got Sturridge up front, right? You know, you got Sterling already. Sterling, Coutinho, Markovic, Lalana could all play. That's before you even look at the likes of Jordan Ibe or Teixeira or anything like that. You know, you've got those players already that can play in the two next to next to the mm-hmm. central striker. Um, so I think I think it's an interesting direction we're gonna gonna go in. I think the other thing which I'm really impressed about so far is we haven't signed apart from Lambert, we haven't signed or been linked to a player that can only play one position. Mm. You know, everyone we're being linked to is so versatile, which again gives us apart from Bertrand. Okay, put him to one side. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice I haven't commented on Bertrand. Uh, you know, I'm not some super sheep. You know, the reality is <laughs> that we uh, we're signing players which are really which are really versatile. And I think okay. versatility is what we're gonna Dave see. Next uh, Jake, talk to me on that topic of, of of the idea of maybe replacing one man with several and the idea of maybe sharing around, like Andy said, the goals uh, as an effective uh, way of moving on. It's obviously going to be very difficult to replace Suarez because he does the role of two players, really, because he creates as well as scores a lot of goals. And he's basically unique because the only player I can ever liken him to is Alano Messi, really, because he, he do similar things, in my opinion, score loads of goals and create loads of chances for, for others. So it's going to be very difficult to replace him. Obviously, signing Markovic for 20, 25 million, he's definitely going to be one that will go towards being a replacement in, in a sense because I can't see Liverpool genuinely spending 25 million on him without some of the Suarez money going towards it. Um, the only thing with Markovic, he could be a potential superstar, but it's that big word again, keyword, potential. Now, I genuinely think Liverpool do need to sign someone who's proven. Who? I really don't know. Um, Obviously, we've got Sturridge still. We've got Lambert as a little bit of a backup experience striker. Um, Lallana, for me, I think it's a good sign, and I do think he's he, he links play very well. He's got two good feet. He will chip in with a few goals and also create opportunities as well. I think he, he should fit in perfectly. Um, the only thing is, it's where do you play him? Because do you play him in the midfield three with Gerard Henderson, or do you play him as the advanced three with Sturridge? Sterling and obviously Lallana, does he take Coutinho's place? So it's a little bit of a dilemma for Rodgers really in that department but we definitely need to sign a forward player who can score a few goals I agree with some of the points made there about, let's be honest, who are we going to sign who's going to score 30 goals like Suarez did, it's very very difficult um, to replace that and if we can get somebody who score 15, 20 then that's going to have to be enough because you'd imagine Lallana will, will chip in with a few You'd, you'd like to think Coutinho might score a few more than he did last season and Sterling might get us around about 10 as well. But the, the little whisper I've heard, now I haven't really put it on Twitter because 
there's not really any concrete info on it yet. But the only whisper I've heard, if if Sanchez is a hundred percent a definite no, I've heard the could tentatively there could be little links with Higuain, who's uh, you know the Argentine uh, forward yeah. for Napoli. Now, yeah. to be honest with you, I'm not really sure whether or not he'd suit our style because for me, whenever I've watched him, don't get me wrong, he's a proper goal scorer, but. He appears to be a little bit lazy to me, and he doesn't come across as a Rodgers type of player, you know, in the sense of he likes his players to sort of like be interchangeable yeah. and work very hard for the team with a work ethic. Now, I'm not too sure that Higuain really does that, but like I say, it, that's nothing concrete. And as I say, I haven't put it on Twitter, and it's just a little whisper that I've heard that there's, there's little rumblings that he could be someone who we turn to. Now, I know he's only had one season in Napoli. And they paid around thirty-five million for him, so he won't come cheap, and he would cost us probably around forty million pounds. And it's a lot of money to pay. But he is at that age; he's twenty-six, so he's a little bit like Lalana, where he's sort of like ready. He's, he's not like potential; he's proven. So it, from that, in that, and on that basis, really, I think we need someone proven. And whether or not it is going to be a green, I don't really know. But like I say, I don't think we can go in with it just thinking, yeah, let's have Markovic and maybe one other who's, who, again, who's a potential because we need someone proven. Now, I do look quite like that Griezmann at Sociedad. Yeah. There is talk that he's meant to be going to uh, PSG, though. But, um, like I say, touched on the German lads, Marco Royce as well, but apparently his buyout clause is €40 million Euros and it can't be activated until 2015. And I know some might say, well, forget the, the clause, just go in and offer a bit more now if we really, really want him. But the facts are, I'm just not sure he'd come. It's a little bit like Hummels, as I said before. They're already at like a, an established Champions League club now. And the other big clubs will want these players, so they won't come cheap. And there probably would be a little bit of a bidding war if Liverpool even registered an interest in these players. So from that point of view, I think it's unlikely for him. So as I say, it's going to be interesting to see who we get because... At this moment in time, I'm sure the club have got they've got uh, like a list of players who they're going to go for. If if Sanchez does tell us 100 percent that he doesn't want to join us, but let's be honest, no one really knows yet. Yeah, Jay, that's really really interesting stuff. Appreciate that very much. Thanks for joining us. No problem at all, lads. Thanks. Right then, gents. Um, we had a little bit of chat about World Cup kits last week, and today we had the launch of yet another spectacular creation from those crayon merchants um warrior uh what is our response our immediate response to that uh interesting third kit andy young where do you stand on uh, it's nearly a nice jersey it's nearly a nice <laughs> jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you took out the red bit coming up and yeah. you change the collar and the yellow button it's a is there a yellow button there's a yellow button if you took out the yellow button <laughs> you put the red thing come took out the red thing coming up and change the colour. So a That's different a nice jersey. jersey completely. <laughs> That's a nice yeah, jersey. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> it just looks a bit mad. I mean, Marty are, are just, you know, they're renowned for making it kind of a weird looking third kit for us. Hmm. But it's the least weird looking kit we've ever had. Are we going to use that? <laughs> I've heard our, our, this is our least worst looking third yeah. kit. Yeah, but this is our European kit. This I was going to say, are we going to use this oh, in the Champions League? This is our Champions League. European kit. This is the Champions League away yeah. kit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be a tour kit. Yeah, so let's hope there's nobody wearing red. No, no, there couldn't be. There couldn't be. No, no, no. This, no, this, this is three fair. kits, but this is the European kit. We'll be using right. the yellow in the pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the black for any clashes and black, red, grey, yellow button. Mm, what do you think of it, Phil? Do you like it? 
<laughs> you got to wear they it. They must have just had loads of yellow buttons left off. That's the fuck. <laughs> From, you remember last year, what was it, the third kit they didn't use last year? It was obviously yellow left. Remember they had the orange sort of uh, oh, that thing. training kit and stuff like that. They've obviously got loads of stuff yeah, left. They yeah, said, look, yeah. we have to use all this just shit somewhere, lads. <laughs> Take yeah. the buttons off them. Yeah. And we forgot to put the yellow button on the yellow kit. No! Uh, yeah, yeah. We're sticking on the black one. Nobody knows. So are you going to wear it? What? Will you buy it? <laughs> do you buy jerseys, do you? No. Never. And I do buy jerseys. I, I have the the first home warrior kit. Right. That Because that was simple, plain, red, the red collar, it was just red. Last year's yellow. kit was the best one by a mile. Um, by a mile. I, best I, I didn't yeah. I didn't like the red, I didn't like the white collar. Well, it's better than Liverborough this year, and I wasn't happy with the collar, the, the one that you bought. So I think it's a bit... No, but I think in design-wise, it was probably the best looking jersey they produced was, because it was just so simple, it was so retro, it was, it was, there was nothing messing about, and then they brought back the old classic crest. Mm. Because yeah. that and that to, that to me is the best thing Warriors done is just bring back the live board with LFC and like that's the best thing they've done. Yeah. Today's kit, I uh, my impre- my reaction was the same as Sacco's when he had to model the kit. <laughs> I was just like, what's this? Does he look confused? <laughs> Does he? <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck yeah. am I doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone didn't look too happy in the yellow one either. Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember the yellow launch. I was so fucking Sorry, taken aback. Didn't they all come out of a party cabin? <laughs> that, no, that was for the home kit. <laughs> That was someone that didn't was look a, happy in that one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a, that was a great idea, wasn't it? That yeah. was the one where they all. That <laughs> was the arrive in the part of the cabin. Low, low there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the best thing about that is hold these, on tightly, lads. Uh, all these people turned up and uh, you know probably expecting Gerard or Suarez to walk out and out walks Minnelli, yeah. <laughs> Torre, uh, yeah. and Henderson. But uh, what I loved was they had actual footprints for them to step into and Colo couldn't put his feet in the right ones. Well, that's not fucking mm. shot. Yeah, 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 interesting. Explains an awful lot. What you do, kind of does. The old arthritis again. Maybe it's polio, I don't know. He's torn his leg. <laughs> Dave, are you having this kit? Are you liking it? It's not as bad as all... <laughs> Of Jesus. the other ones they've done right. in the last, right. like it's better than any version of the purple kit. Okay, do you remember? Do you know what would make it better if it looked completely different? That's, <laughs> if it looked like Roma's Awakened, it would. Oh I'd yeah, like that, that'd you be know, then it would look really nice. But so, yeah, it's not they just I mean, do that? I'd never buy it. Mm. You know, who I is buying these fucking kids? Who is buying them? Yeah. I, I mean, think, I don't uh, know. Like, you remember the fucking Adidas disaster, the light blue. That they brought out. Oh, with the white one with yeah. the blue trim. I mean, who on it, yeah. was buying that jersey? Like, you know what I mean? I know, yeah. And the reason they produced that is because there was proof, you know, uh, proven evidence that light blue and white sell the most jerseys. Right. So they brought it out. Sure, they love them. Down so, in Limerick. what is what is? Don't want a card of here about that. Yeah. Warriors' <laughs> strategy here. It can't be to sell jerseys. Well, I, it I, must I, be I, because they they must uh, they they. No, I genuinely think it's produce, They produced most hideous away kits, right? So everyone buys the home jersey. Yeah. Mm. So and it gets them. It gets them massive, massive. Like if you look around, there was um, Paddy Power tweeted a picture of Dennis the uh, Dennis the Men and superimposed head onto onto one of the players in the picture today. Right, it looks like his jumper. Right? <laughs> oh, Jesus, <wept. laughs> that's actually good shit. No, yeah. right. So, but like, again, it's Cody Minches. Warriors out there. The, the the jersey is out there. It's about. If you produce something that looks absolutely fucking ridiculous, mm. people will, will will it'll just go viral. The problem and get is the out. Liverpool Football Club is going to be out there in these poxy mm. fucking jerseys. You won't you won't remember the jersey. Can you remember last year's tour trip? So you had to think about it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You have to think about it, right? It was the, it was the purple patch and the white patch and the black patch and the white patch and the yeah. purple patch. Right? They very rarely wore it. What once or twice? Yeah, the, the third kit. It's like 
mental. And I don't think it even needs a review. I think they should just take Sacco's face and put it on every post. <laughs> like, you know, he looks like he's come back from Vietnam. And he's like, just not impressed. Not he's just not impressed. At all. Uh, you will not believe the things I've seen. <laughs> and the, uh, the train, you should have the seen your fucking designs. Well, yeah. They mustn't want to sell any training gear until the, this new uh, black gear. But that's all yeah. right. That's amazing looking. Yeah, I'm happy with all Absolute, of that. Yeah, black and silver. Winner. Ding, 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 ding. I think there, there quite possibly be more training gear top sold than the tour oh, or the, the away strip. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's the only stuff yeah, that I've got. Did you see even what Rogers was wearing today in pre season training? He had a red training yeah, yeah. top on as opposed to the black one for all the coaches and the, the masseuses were wearing. Speaking of which, did you see the numbers uh, on the back of some of these training kits? Yeah. Um, there seems to be a little bit of a shake up going on. Um, I heard rumours that we might have uh, Raheem. Taking the number well, seven. Well, it looked like Suso 1 and mm. Suso 2 were playing in 30 and 31. Suso and Suso's brother, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Liverpool's bananas and pyjamas. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'd give Sterling seven. Yeah. If it was me, no. I'd give him seven. You think he's... Well, because otherwise you're giving it to a new player. And mm. that's a fucking hell of a... Yeah. Hell of an albatross to have around your neck. I'd show, give yeah. it to Sterling. Because none of the fans are going to get on his back. They all love him, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be a rock star of a player. Mm. And then you give... Fucking Marco Royce when he joins, you give him number eleven or whatever. You know, that's fine. Talk to me about Emery Chan and his incredible PR head. Well, Emery Chan is is becoming my favorite player that for many reasons. One, he wears pink boots, which I which I think is is rather impressive. He did a bicycle kick and scored a goal. Would you fuck off? Are you one of these Twitter lads? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Have you seen his hair? His hair is fucking tremendous. Yeah. Plus he, uh, yeah, okay. Like he, he gives, like, he gives some like donation. A like a hat. He, just he gives some donation on. to someone, whatever. Like you know, that's, that's secondary to his hair, which I think is the best thing <laughs> he's done. Um, plus he's got Carragher's number, and then he posts a message saying thanks to Carragher. I think mm. that's class in a glass, mm. lads. Can't argue with that. I'm delighted Enrique was back in training today. We got to see more of the inside of training, what goes on and what yeah, goes through. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What? I don't want to see official pictures. I want Enrique to take pictures for the whole tour. Just be the club it. photographer. He's an <laughs> exhibitionist fucker. It's unbelievable. Although the only problem was every fo- every shot would have him topless in the front of it. <laughs> but, you know, you no, get some good stuff. He's got to see him with his top on, you know what I mean? Well, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's thinner than I... He's th- he looks fitter than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. I thought he was going to come back full on Paddy Kenny. Now, i got to be honest It's a new fucking definition. Because of he's, been, oh, he's had six months on holiday yeah. in fucking South America, where the hell he's been. That's like, on Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, yeah. I mean, I was a, a, a genuinely expecting a Paddy Kenny moment when he turned back. Ah, he looks after himself. <laughs> yeah, good old. What, good do, you, what do you think of, of, of Emre and his, his uh, introduction to LFC life, Andy? Uh, yeah, making the right sounds. But as mm. long as he doesn't overdo it. You yeah. know, you're you know, next next thing you know, if you're going, oh, I always dreamed of the cup and yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> LFC family and all that shit. Yeah, then yeah, you're yeah. just yeah. I heard he had a Robbie yeah. Keane shirt when he was younger, like yeah, you know, Robbie yeah. Keane Liverpool shirt. As long as he keeps it right, as long as he keeps it regular, it just stops now and that, that's it, you know. Are you excited you know, about seeing him playing? I know Phil really raised this game. Yeah, well Phil hasn't built up now in my head. That's the problem. I mean, yeah, uh, if, if this player lets us down and blame with Phil. <laughs> I mean, according, Phil, according yeah. to Phil, he is a mix of Javi Martinez and Diego Maradona. So we're mm. we're really excited yeah. by him. Right? Yeah, but no, I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant um, concept. The fact that he can play left full, he can play defensive midfield, he can play attacking midfield. He can fellas can play all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And, there's something know, something that's kept Phil Neville. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've just ru- <laughs> you've just completely ruined yeah, that idea. Phil Neville with a really nice He's hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's something that keeps coming uh, up in this one, pod. one thing just, just, just say right just, just one thing right go on this fucking overhead goal in training 
when I saw that today, we I, don't even know it was a goal. Do you know? Do you know what? I, do you know what? Stru- do you know what it struck back to me? Do you remember Chelsea tweeted about Torres scoring in training? And I was just there going, oh, I don't want to know. He could have just been doing a clearance. Hmm. Could have been fucking anything. I was more impressed with the fact that he had a luminous pink and a luminous blue boots on. Hmm. That was that was. Stunning. I was more impressed that by was, the fact that he. I was saying just a Puma ones then. No, no, these these are Adidas ones. But I was thinking to myself, I say Warrior looking at them going, whoa, oh, this, is, <laughs> this is the future. That's what, I, that's what our third kid's going to look like next year. A luminous they, pink and a luminous they ra- You can picture them actually in their, in their, in their design room, like, you know, bungle and zippy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know which one of them that was. <laughs> it was all of them. No, that's bungle doing that something bu- to one of the others. <laughs> It could well have been. It could have been. It could have well have been. <laughs> what? Dave, the elephant in the room. We haven't. We haven't really addressed it. Bertrand. No, <laughs> Bertrand is not the he elephant. He snuck in, the room. in again. The little bollocks. Get out, try it. <laughs> just, just. I know it's possibly going to take the take the tone down a bit, but look, we've spoken. You have Phil. You have Dave. I have about how good Suarez is, and now we know he's not going to be there, right? Yeah. So, I mean. In the name of Jesus, is does this not bring everybody down a bit? Like, of course. Yeah. I mean, like, were you not really excited about next season and pushing on and mm. being well, so I, close to it? I, I, I think that you know, to be fair, right? I think there was always going to be a danger of a regression, even with Suarez there, because we we have different challenges next year. You know, we've mm. got, you know, we got away with our defence a little bit last year. You know, we. We tore teams apart that we're probably not going to do as easily this year. We've got European football. So there were a lot of reasons, I think, to expect it. Look, I think losing Suarez is a big blow. Mm. And I think that we, we, you know, unless we go and sign Royce or someone like that, mm. you know, we're not going to win the league. Mm. Well, let, let me rephrase that. You know, it's going to be very difficult to Dave see Dave Thomas us, says we're not you know, going to win the league. I don't want to go into the season. I don't want to go into the season. You're being negative like bastard. That. Yeah, that's, that's, hating on the club all the time. That's what I'm famous for, right? Just being <laughs> negative. Like, you know? yeah, yeah. I, uh, but hating I on everything. <clears throat> my worry is less about losing Suarez, the player, than it is about losing Suarez, the influence that it has on that team. Yeah. Mm. He walks onto that pitch and everyone watches him and goes, fuck, I better try hard because yeah. look at him, he's the best player here and yeah, look at the way he's point. doing it. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's my worry. I think like uh, players like, like Sterling has learned a lot from yeah. um, Suarez, yeah. like using his, uh, using his arse and that, like, you know, yeah, you, yeah. the, the centre of gravity and being stronger for a smaller player, like he's learned a lot. That's what you're going <laughs> to lose out on. Yeah. But um, I don't know what how the rest of you feel. It's, got, it's a bit of a weight off our shoulders, I yeah. think, in a way. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't sure what way to think last week. I remember li- listening back on the pod and um, I think uh, Molly made uh, an argument for getting rid of him first. And I kind of thought, you know what? Yeah, I agree with you, Molly. Get rid of him. Hmm. Then Dave started speaking <laughs> and he made a really good argument for keeping him. And, oh, you know, I was still on the fence afterwards because they were both very strong arguments. Hmm. But the pivotal thing now is the fact that his head was gone to Barcelona. It seems to me now, his head was gone to Barcelona probably since last November. Mm. He was probably playing for that move, you know, impressing his new people. Mm. Um, so, you know, if he doesn't want to be there, that's that's grand. That's All a good point. A lot, of, a lot of the torture has been taken out of, out of it for us. It's just, yeah. it's happening. It's, and we it's need happening. To and when it, when it does get announced, it will be, you know, I mean, I was beside myself with the glory of him on the pitch all last season that he was going to do something next, what he was going to do next. Hmm. I don't give a shit about the bite he did in the, in the World Cup. He didn't do it for Liverpool and, and whatever. 
I'm just worried about what he will do next. He could do something absolutely off the wall crazy. You know what I mean? It was a little bite or whatever. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. I couldn't care whether he licked your man's face or bit his <laughs> cock off. Like, <laughs> yeah, they would probably carry a bigger sentence. Yeah, go on. You know, it's it's just what he would have done for Liverpool and now we don't have to worry about that because we don't have anyone that mad anymore. That's so. Are you on the Andy bus, Phil? Look, I'll... No. Uh, mainly because I love Suarez. I loved what he's uh, what he's done for the club, but and I'm, we'll we'll come back to it when it's officially announced and mm. the, the pod after it's officially announced and he's gone and people have had time to you know to vent the anger and the whole lot before it. But like for me, the the main thing here, and I think people need to sort of take a step back here and realise that the days of players staying at clubs for six, seven, eight years is really over. Suarez has given us three and a half years. You're probably looking for most rotations between three to five years that max you're going to get out of a player at the club, right? Anything longer than that's going to be the exception as opposed to the rule these days. And especially when you get a player that's so good, and we're talking top three in the world, if the team that he's playing in isn't going to be challenging for the top, top honours, I'm talking about the Champions League on a, on a yearly basis and a team that comes in that is there challenging for the Champions League on a yearly basis and offers him that, it is potentially going to turn his head. And that's not slagging off Liverpool or saying that we aren't. It's just, that's the way it is at this moment in time. Mm, yeah. What we have to do is what Atletico Madrid did last year and that's regroup and make sure that the players that we bring in give us the same results as opposed to necessarily the same performance level. Um, just get us to the same position in the league or better, mm. and, you know, we can move on. Because we did it after Michael Long. We've done it. Even TZ Cameron tweeted tonight that, you know, <laughs> after he left, Liverpool did manage to replace him. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is life after Suarez. But look, yeah. we, I, I, I'll, I'll, my own feelings on Suarez, I want to wait till he's actually gone because, I, you know, I think it's, it would be fair to, 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 to actually say how I really feel about him because... So he's one of the greats for me, and, and mm. I know people don't agree with it, but that, for me, that's where the, the line I'm still, still on at the moment. Oh, I mean, Andy does make one great point, which is I, I think I said it last week. It is exo- it has been exhausting supporting Suarez in a mm. good way and a bad way, right? Mm. Exhausting in that you know you watch him and you go, Jesus Christ, how the fuck did he score that or whatever, and that exhilaration you get with him. But the 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 rest of the time outside of the game, you know, like it's hard work. It's been hard work, mm. I think. You know, having to, as a fan, and this is what we all do, we all convince ourselves to love, you know, to love him again and to get back on board with him. And that is hard. So I do get the, and I think some of the players might have this as well, a little bit of, well, at least the fucking distraction is gone. Mm. You know, at least that, Mm. that energy, that fucking every time Steven Gerrard gets interviewed, he gets asked about Suarez. You know what I mean? For Mm. You know, so I, I can imagine that there will be a little bit of that. And I wonder, I just wonder, I don't know, but I just wonder, will it be an element of the, the club feeling a little bit cleansed now, a little bit like, okay, let's go, let's actually go again in a different way, in a calmer way, in a bit more of a serene way. Like, you know? Yeah, well, look, on that semi positive note about the whole thing, let's uh, just move on to the last topic for today. And the last topic for today is the World Cup. Now, I'm not really interested in too much analysis here, really, lads, but there, no, is, there, no, is, there, no. is, there is one thing that's been kind of. Uh, permanently, permanently a fixture in the coverage of this World Cup. The ladies, and that is the ladies. The pervy cameraman uh, being directed by the pervy director to pick out the ladies in the well, crowd. It, it, it's not. What, a, what are your thoughts on this, chaps? It's not a new uh, thing. No, no, it's not a new thing. But it it seems excessive. I mean, you only have to look not. at the GAA, like. <laughs> 
Where are you going with that? <laughs> no, but look at yeah, it. Yeah, the cameramen are, you know, paid to, to find the biggest monsters in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but you're right, because every time there's a break and play, any type of break and play, forget what's going on the pitch or what the reason they're down in, they're up into the crowd to see who can they find. And then they get fixated on one person and mm. continually go back to that person yeah. through the actual game. You know, like, there's, there's things you want to see on the pitch. Like when Neymar is down on, uh, and he's injured and like you're wondering, is it serious, is it not serious? And your man is off having a look around to see what's going this on. This is my point. The level of replays and the standard of them has been piss poor. Meanwhile, we're up in the stand looking at some... Well, come here. Have you seen that the lady. replays of the crowd? Replays of the crowd? No, I didn't know it was that. <laughs> I've seen it. Like it's the... that in your world now? Or... <laughs> <laughs> you see it, it was like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, slow motion replays the crowd. Yeah, like, Fuck yeah, off! Yeah. I don't want to see the crowd. For, for those of you not watching on television, <laughs> Phil was doing a slow motion sort of. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, right, yeah. But yeah, okay. But I don't know. It just seems so silly. It, 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 it's constant. It's something that's creeped into most major tournaments, and it's not just football. It's the Olympics and, and everything that goes on. It's like it's like they think that you know people want to see good-looking women on the television. But look at the reaction. <laughs> look at the reaction of the people who are picked out. They're fucking chuffed. But the, yeah, they are yeah. delighted. It's a Premiership thing as well. Like you see, oh, I fucking the, hate that. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing about the World Cup is not just football. Uh, people all from all corners of the world that aren't even interested in football watch it. So it's part of a show, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's yeah. it is pantomime. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean yeah. Uh, everything. But like, they zoom in uh, on the women. I mean, I think we have to talk about who's delivered the best. <laughs> <laughs> For me, Colombia. <laughs> Oh, we had no intention of going there. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what I, what I was fucking hell. What I was going to say to you is, Andy, they may you, have lost at the football, but they've won many fans yeah. around the world. Say, yeah. say you're in Anfield next year, and we're, we're all and we're over, playing Colombia. He's going straight game. over to that game. We're all over <laughs> at a game. The camera picks you, and for Why some reason, why the fuck would they pick Andy? Because, because he's a, a good-looking good, good woman. He's a good-looking man. Agreed. Say, say, say they pick Andy out, right? Uh, say they pick you yeah. out, and you can see that you're picked out on this big yeah. screen because of whatever new new innovations you have. Jumbotron. Do you fucking act as if you're delighted or do you do your damnedest not to even look at the camera because I know if I thought I was being picked out I'd look the other way no yeah I mean you go to Anfield and um, you know as as a uh, as a travelling Liverpool fan and to not get that name of a fucking out of townie or whatever. You mean like as a day tripper? Yeah, you like to blend in a little bit. What are you saying about day trippers, Andy? Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> there's enough, there's enough day trippers making bad names yeah. for the rest of us. You're not going to. So wave. that camera goes on me. I'm going to just act very cool. And just, <laughs> just try and blend in. You jump, you jump up. I'm going to know you're Irish. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, the most awkward camera moment in, of the in weekend has to have been. Victoria Beckham and in Wimbledon did you see that one? No I didn't yeah. see it. It's a vine like she's yeah, sitting there yeah, it looks yeah. like a man beside her has farted or something right and <laughs> she's shifting very what uncomfortable What do you mean my man beside her Samuel L. Jackson? Is it? Yeah <laughs> I didn't know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I just have some random lad who'd, who'd let go like do you know what I mean? <laughs> no he even tweeted there today saying that he had a wonderful time she's a lovely you know woman and all that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she didn't. Uh, random fella. But um, I mean, look at it. They can't look. They don't have a big fuck off screen in Anfield, and it'd be very un Liverpool fan like I think to behave like that. Yeah. But you have seen it at other sporting events or other, you know. Seen that Premier I League mean, match. So. Again, back to the guy, big screen and Crow Park. The uh, the fucking um, camera goes on a lot of woolly heads, and they're all up with their big fucking. <laughs> 
Giving a lols of the tight on all the big shoal heads. <laughs> giving a lols waving the mammy on. Oh. You know, we think, In, look, right. uh, whatever, whatever spot, spark, look, as long as there's a big huge screen, I mean, you see it, it, it in Wembley and whatever, there's going to be people acting the maggot. Last question to you on the World Cup team. What have you turned off? And watched instead. What, have you, what, what matches have you just knocked off? Because you know so what? fucking uh, boring. Believe it or not, I've, I've, uh, I've painfully sat through an awful lot of matches. Or I just refuse to turn it off. Like, yeah. you know, it's a World Cup. I'm not getting this boring. I'm, I really enjoy yeah. it. There's, there's a narrative going through all the games, and even at, no. at the weekend, like. There was, Brazil are so on Brazil like they, they, they play more like one of the old traditional Uruguayan teams and that they're they're cynical, mm. they're aggressive and they're foul. And even like they're complaining about Neymar being injured, right? Mm. The amount of fouls that they had done on Colombian, I think they outweighed them two to one in terms of fouls should actually should have Neymar match. getting fucked up is Brazil's fault because they drove the game they, that way and look, the ref indulged you, it. You yeah. look at the treatment that they doled out to James Rodriguez throughout that game, yeah. right? Yeah. Particularly in the first half to try to get him out of the game. Yeah. Neymar gets done at the end of the game. Mm. You know, so anyway. So, so you're not having it that... that, that, that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, so you're not having it that there, that, that there have been boring matches. You think they were all wonderful? No, of course. No, not. look, come on. You're, you've got fucking loads of games going on. Of course, there's boring games yeah. put in there, but the quarterfinals have not been boring, in my opinion. There's been the, there's been something different going through all those games. Like you've got you had a, you're having great first halves. You're having sort of not as good second halves as as the risk of going out of the tournament goes on and, and teams become more cagey. But like, look at what. Look what Belgium disintegrated to fucking in the second half of that. They turned into David Moyes at the fucking World Cup. It was hilarious. Yeah. They, were lump- yeah. they had Fellini up there and they were just lumping balls and they put Lukaku in. And the, you know, they've Hazard, they've Mertens and the whole lot. And what was the thing? Get it wide and put cross balls into the box. And you look at it going, is this for real? Like, this is a team that in the group stages were playing lovely interchanges, were playing lovely passing football, and their heads went. And this is what I love about the World Cup because teams suddenly lose their identity when all of a sudden it looks like they're going out of the World Cup. And, you know, even, even down to the Holland-Costa Rica game, right at the end of the Holland-Costa Rica game, it looked like Costa Rica were going to win that match. They had the chances right at the end of the game. And you have the things like Van Hal putting a different goalkeeper in because, you know, the, 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 his first-choice keeper hadn't got, doesn't have a great record on penalties. Mm. It's not tactical, genius. I know, I it's think just, that was it. That was more a psychological effect. It, like, a, it, you know, it, uh, all it, of a sudden the opposition are thinking, oh shit, this fellow must be good at penalties. Yeah. Even though Crew probably has no he real specific he, record. He doesn't, but no, what, 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 what was, yeah, it was it, but that's, that's part of the spectacle. And like, you know, I, I, I don't buy it's born because, you know, no, it's not. That what happens is people get tired of watching so many games. If this was mm-hmm. not a, if this was back to an old, uh, the, the, the format of the European Championships where it's not over such a long period, right? Mm. You would have been at the final at the at the weekend gone and you know it's just a complete you know it's 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 boom it's done you know what I mean yeah. now we're into the semis and the final and you know it's people do get fatigued because it's over such a long time frame and that's that's just really what's coming through mm. of the last yeah. four then Dave who do you who, how do you see that going uh, the way the way things are shaping up I mean Brazil are kind of screwed now aren't they without the two men they've lost yeah I, I mean it's really it's gonna it's really tough to call I mean I backed Argentina all the way through uh, so I still. I'd still quite, still quite like them to uh, to do it, um, but fucking something about Van Hal at the moment. I mean, he's making a lot of the right calls. Yeah. I mean, sometimes your name's on the trophy, and he's kind of got that look around him. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he thinks this is his, like you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think I, you know, I wouldn't like to see him win it just because. Oh, can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine? Can you imagine the oh, wank fest by God. the media as Van Hal rides into United as the World Cup? It's already started. I can't. It has already started. If Germany don't win that World Cup, I'll eat me jeans. 
Seriously. There we are, lads. That's wonderful. That's a note. Mm. Well, well, even, even, you think even Dirky Cows, wing back extraordinaire, penalty taker. No, I don't care. Cool Germany are just going to come up to the plate. There's, there's, I mean, it's been a brilliant World Cup as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, like the, the teams like Costa Rica doing so well and Colombia doing so well. There's been quite a few surprises. Uh, England's going out so early was was uh, entertaining. Even if you weren't a, a Liverpool fan, the Suarez thing. I mean, it's been. A, I think it's been a brilliant World Cup. Unfortunately, you've got a lot of voices now these days talking about you know giving their opinions, and they've kind of spoiled the World Cup a little bit by just you know talking about games. Or you you only have to look at a match like you know top teams like France and Germany playing, and then uh, you go onto Twitter and someone's tweeting that stupid little. Uh, Vine of uh, your man out in between is going, well, that was a load of shit, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's just fucking stupid. You, like, look at what's on at stake. It's the World Cup. Of course, you're going to have a few games where teams are clashing mm. like that. It's not going to be beautiful. But, um, I don't know. Well, I've gone on a bit of a tangent there now. But, uh, so basically, you didn't I think, turn, you uh, didn't turn I, I wouldn't off. have fancied Brazil against Germany anyway, even if they had Neymar, mm. you know, and the uh, thing that's out there, uh, what's his name? Defender. Thiago Silva. Thiago Silva. Yeah. I still would have fancied Jeremy. I think they'll they they'll just be Brazil one nil or it'd be nil nil and they'll go into extra time and they'll do them on pens or something like that. David Luiz is captain, I believe now. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I think, so. I don't think that's that's an issue. No. Because of the way they play. I, I said this a while ago. Louise gets a bad rep because of the way. The, I think he's been excellent this tournament. Yeah, he's been I excellent. think he's been no, yeah, no worse. He plays in the front foot. Yeah. foot. They don't sit back. He plays in the front foot. He steps in. He's yeah, good at doing that type of defending. So mm. I don't think that's an issue. Yeah, you speaking about over analysis? Did you did you hear the way um, people are analysing David Louise's celebration? I mean, uh, well, listen, the standard oh, well, of it was not the RTE. Uh, oh, it's thing. fucking unbelievable. That was they were trying to suggest that um, Brazil now are no good, and yeah. it's a big surprise that they look. Brazil, uh, obviously, it's probably the worst Brazil. Like, I mean, Neymar is the worst, best Brazil player ever, probably. Mm. You know, he's he's a decent player, but he's, you know, he's nowhere compared to the Ronaldo's of that. I'll tell you but what. Here, the, the, but, the, the, I this mean, Brazil team is just like Scolari's in 02. The difference yeah. was Scolari's in 02 was he had Ronaldo, he had Rivaldo, and he had yeah. Ronaldinho on the team. And you have to, and this one, you've really only got Neymar as Yeah, as but the it's, it's totally different. Like, Scolari now, like, a bit more experience around managing an awful lot of European teams. And, like, he's injected a different element into into the Brazil team now they're dirtier and they're playing the game a little bit different because he doesn't he doesn't have the disposal of all these players anymore mm. you know, I, so I think Scolari getting Brazil to the semi-finals is the is par for what they expected him to do in the tournament and I think to Andy's point he did what he had to do like he's mm. gone These are the this is the hand I've been dealt right they've Absolutely. got you know powerful centre-backs powerful midfield and fuck all up front mm. so basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to make us really compact really hard to beat um, so I actually think he deserves a lot of credit for whatever happens now I think they'll go out against Germany but I think getting, getting that Brazil team to the semi-final even though they've been you know pretty fortunate I think with some some decisions some you know some home refereeing uh, but I think the analysis, just to go back to your point on on David Rees, I think you know on the whole, the analysis has been really poor. Mm. You know, I think that I think everyone's dropped the ball on it. I don't think RTE have been very good. I don't think uh, ITV have been terrible, and I, I think the BBC have been a real mixed bag. I, I actually think it's been a really for for a for a tournament that's had so many interesting things to talk about. It's yeah. amazing how mm. uninteresting. I mean, some of the comments, even the basic research. I mean, I listened to Cascarino tonight. He was on the radio. He mispronounced Maradona, Zidane, and Messi. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I mean, they're not three fucking obscure names, right? Their names. Hang on, what did he call Messi? Uh, Messi. 
Oh, <laughs> I, on my kid's life, he mispronounced, listen to it back on Today FM, he mispronounced Zidane, Maradona and Messi. Right, look, let's kill the analysis. Dave Thomas, who's, who's going to win it? It'll be all over by the time we do our next pod. Who's going to oh, win it? I think I want Argentina to win it, but I think the Dutch will win it. Andy Young. Germany, absolute, definitely. Phil. I predicted in our preview an Argentina-Brazil final and I said Argentina would win it. So I can guarantee you that neither Brazil nor Argentina will be in the final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. and, then, and then if that happens, I'll want Germany to win it. So it means Holland wins the World Cup. So You've just mentioned all four teams. <laughs> Excellent, right? Well, I called Brazil in, in, the, in the preview pod, so Brazil yeah, it is. Finally then, some admin. Big shout to Astro Park as ever. If you want to play five or seven-sided football, then get on down to this place here and book your game before you do so on www.astropark.ie. As of very recently, we're now feeding into the well-known blog aggregator News Now. That's because our website content is really quite decent. There were some incredible articles last week, some great scout reports, including one on our reputed new boy, Lazar Markovic. The standard of quality fair will continue as ever next week, so get yourself on to www.lfcdavetrippers.com. Uh, your day trippers tonight were Marco Lopez, Jay Riley, Dave Thomas, Andy Young, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Downey. And remember, kids, everything is awesome in Legoland. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when we're part of the team. And, he's, and he'll definitely cover it. Well, when you said you played down the right hand side, I'd start having fears of seeing fucking Johnson playing down the right hand side behind him. It was like, ah! Jesus, oh, man, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just as well. Because <laughs> it was nice and upbeat. So. <laughs> now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. Sports Social Podcast Network.